Good afternoon, Florida tennis community. Laura Bowen here, Executive Director for USTA Florida, and welcome back to our Here to Serve podcast. This week's edition, we have two very special guests uh, that I get to work with every day and enjoy quite a bit. We have Christine Ducey, who is our Director of Adult Tennis, and joining her is Jen Wysocki. Jen is our Adult Tennis Program Coordinator who oversees adult and social play. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Laura. Really great to be here with you today. Excited to talk a little bit about tennis. Excellent. Well, before we dive into the questions, I just wanted to ask each of you if you could share a little bit about how you play tennis and how you got involved in USTA Florida, like what brought you here. So Christine, why don't you start? Okay, great. Happy to. So uh, my start into tennis was kind of unique. Uh, I didn't play any sports as a, as a kid, uh, but when my daughter was a teenager, she decided she wanted to learn how to play tennis and she did start down that road and I thought it would be a great way for us to play as a family. Um, so I started to take lessons too and of course got involved with all kinds of things through that interaction with volunteering and junior team tennis and eventually uh, played well enough to get on a couple of leagues and make some lifelong friends. So that, that's how I started uh, and how I continue. Excellent. How about you, Jen? How did you get involved? Because I think you started as a basketball player, not a tennis player. So what, what made you convert over to the tennis side? I did. And my parents were both tennis players and they got me into tennis young and I went to specialize in other sports. Um, I did uh, consistently start playing tennis until I moved down to Florida in my late 20s and uh, joining USCA Florida I got the tennis bug I started playing three to four times a week I'm a league player I'm a tournament player uh, and I love I love the competition and everything that goes along with tennis I think that's one thing that you know our fans might be a little bit surprised about is how many of our our staff actually came through our programs first and then vice versa how many staff started to work for us and then started playing tennis and caught that bug too so you two are really perfect examples of both of those types of things um, so thank you for sharing that and i think that's great insight because as you start to work on programs and play and what that looks like you kind of can put on that player hat and say, well, what would I want as a player? And what would my challenges be? So I think that is a super important perspective. So let's go ahead and jump into our questions. Um, let's talk a little bit about beginners. Um, you know, this is something that I am really passionate about because I definitely started as a beginner um, when I came to USTA Florida. So one of the silver linings, I think of the COVID-19 situation is I'm noticing all these people want to get out and be active. So maybe you, could, you each could talk a little bit about why tennis is a good option for people who maybe haven't tried it before that are looking for something to do right now. Jen, do you wanna start since you kind of focused on that adult beginner world quite a bit? Absolutely, yeah, tennis is truly a, it's a lifetime sport. Um, I had the privilege of seeing the 90 and over age group competing at the national campus, and those players were phenomenal. Um, so people at any age can really come out and start learning this amazing sport. And it's also an individual contact list sport. Um, even playing doubles, you know, uh, your partners are at least six feet away. Um, especially when I get out there, my wingspan with my racket is eight feet long. So my partner is not eight feet near me. 
Um, and if people are looking to get out, get some exercise, try something new, maintain a safe distance, and maybe you're dealing with frustrations right now and you want to hit a ball, um, tennis is definitely a sport <laughs> you should try. I love Christine, that, Dan. That was great. Anything you want to add to that, Christine? That yeah. About why you think it's a good thing for people to do right now? Well, you know, I also came into tennis as a, as a beginner, and I can tell you that, you know, tennis today, to learn how to play tennis today is a lot better than it was maybe 15 or 20 years ago, because now we have the new kinds of equipment, the balls that are different, right? The red, the orange, the green balls really help you be able to play really quickly. Whereas when I was trying to learn how to play, it took me quite a long time. But I think things are a lot better today in that regard. The other thing is, is that I think tennis really gives you the opportunity to meet people that you wouldn't normally meet in life, right? So I have lots of friends that I know that I would have never met uh, any other way than through tennis. They are from all walks of life. We certainly would have never kind of connected in any other way. And it's just a great way to get out there and get to know people in your community. I think it, it can't be beat. Now, you may need to be six feet apart now, but that's okay. You can still have a great tennis match and really never... Uh, violate those kind of um, six foot apart rules that we have in place right now. So I think it's just an awesome sport. So with that in mind, knowing that there, this is a good option for people out there who are craving this type of recreation, what are some of the ways that providers might be able, be able to offer some adult beginner types of programs in this environment that we're in now so you know what does that look like if if providers are already offering adult beginner classes i would just advise them to keep uh the classes small preferably four to six players just to ensure that um, a teaching professional can still do gameplay but uh people can maintain a certain distance away they're not standing in line right behind each other uh, if a provider is, is looking to start a beginner class um, to attract new people to their facility, they should consider um, the USA Florida Love to Learn, Love to Play program. Uh, this is a low cost program, which is especially important right now during this economic hardship. Um, and it connects players with the tennis community. Just to go over a little what this program entails, Love to Learn is your traditional six week beginner clinic that goes over the fundamental skills of tennis, your serve, forehand, backhand, volley. Love to Play is a volunteer ambassador-led program, another six weeks where the ambassador facilitates gameplay, uh, along with continued instruction from the teaching pro. Uh, players are gonna learn the warm-up, tiebreakers, sportsmanship, uh, along with fine-tuning the serve, rally, and score, making it uh, an easy pathway to get to the next programs they're looking to play in. Um, USTA Florida will provide equipment, uh, great marketing support from our marketing team, the support of local play coordinators who are going to work one-on-one -on -one with you to make sure that this program is successful, along with working to the players to make sure that they all have the assistance they need. So that's a, you know, a good thing that you just answered is kind of what are we doing to help these providers? So maybe just taking that one step further, if I'm a provider out there and I haven't been offering an adult beginner class and I think, wow, there's people out there that I might be able to attract, what would be my first step? You know, who would I call or what would I do to get these resources? Reach out to me. 
Wysocki at usaflorida.com. Or if you are, um, if you have a relationship with your local play coordinator already and you know who they are in your area, that is definitely someone to reach out to. And that can also be found on the USA Florida uh, website. And it goes by counties on who's responsible for covering your area. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so let's shift to a little bit of a harder topic, which is adult social play. And the word social seems to be like a really bad word right now. We're talking about social distancing. Do you see any options for tennis players to be social social this year and, and either in a safe environment or maybe in a virtual environment? Hard if question. I can start with this one, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that initially, you know, maybe you're just playing with your family or your really close friends, and that and that's a great way to play and socialize within just that small group kind of atmosphere. But Jen really has done a lot of really fantastic things for us as a group, as an association, during this suspension of play, where we're all working remotely. She's organized a ton of social happy hours and games and fun ways for the team to really interact. And I think that that really can translate into social groups in the community, too. People can utilize those to really bring together, um, you know, their tennis friends and their tennis family together in this virtual space to still interact, even if they're not doing it after matches. But Jen can talk a little bit more because she knows a lot about this virtual space. <laughs> Yeah, the, te the tennis world is really adapting, especially that we've seen in the last month. Um, this Monday will be the start of the Madrid Open, which is going to be a virtual tennis tournament where some of the biggest uh, professional tennis players are, are trading in their rackets for a PlayStation 4 controller and going to be competing against each other on a video game. Um, my friends and family also have been watching uh, our pro uh, power hours. Uh, and then we are doing little competitions to see who can uh, who can do the drills that the pros are doing the longest or the best, and uh, maybe a couple dents in the uh, in the garage door from uh, John Sanders volley drill. But uh, uh, that it's still it's not the social that we remember, right? We're not it's not large groups, it's not going out to the restaurants, but it's still social tennis. I'm still with my friends and family, and I'm still having fun doing the sport I love. It's just, it's a little different. Um, I also have to say, I, I'm a video gamer. I'm a gamer and uh, I've been playing a lot of, it's called Mario Aces, and it's on the Nintendo Switch. And it is the closest I've seen in a video game platform to your traditional tennis and strategies. It, my, I, can, I can hit a flat serve, I can hit topspin, slice. Um, so it's really, I'm playing with people from around the world and we're yelling at each other over our headsets saying, saying like, that was yours to cover, why didn't you switch? Um, so it's, it's different tennis, and, uh, but it's still, I'm still having fun. I think a large part of you know, tennis was getting used to having that social interaction on the court. And I've noticed, um, especially with what you've done, Jen, and some of our staff is providing that type of happy hour social interaction from home. Would you see an environment where people could 
go out and play in these, you know, much smaller groups and, um, you know, obviously social distance ways, but then have a virtual happy hour afterward where the whole group would kind of do that virtual get together and, and have some fun and talk a little bit about, you know, how they did and what they're looking forward to. Do you see that as something that, that our players could really start coordinating and doing? Absolutely. And I think we've seen the technology come out that maybe we weren't exposed to before, but different applications where video messaging is really easy, everybody getting um, online. And it's definitely something to do after you play. You're, there's not going to be that group gathering and that closure we're used to. So instead, let's switch to that virtual happy hour where that part of the program, that ending piece that's so important, can still be executed safely. So let's talk a little bit about providers. You know, last week, um, Frank and I were discussing some of the things that they were considering regarding reopening our facility facilities. And we just talked about using technology. What are some of the things that providers should be asking themselves before they start planning any type of uh, social play or social event activities? One of the things that I think of, Laura, that uh, I just because of my former life and uh, being uh, in the restaurant business for many, many years before I came into the tennis world is, you know, you know, is offering food and beverage right now a good idea as part of your operation? Uh, I think that food safety and uh, those kind of skill sets obviously are best left maybe to the professionals right now. I know we all have uh, been a part of, you know, having the pizza after or, you know, the social after. And that's something that everybody should consider, you know, in terms of that's an important piece to think about before you um, go into it. You want to make sure you understand everything that you need to understand in that world. That's one of the things that I think is really important to, to consider because that's, that's where interactions can really get out of hand. And how important is it for them to communicate? I mean, I think we, we've had this discussion internally about, okay, having new parameters is great, but if the people who come to your facility don't know that that's the new expectation, then it's very hard to kind of put that in place. So um, would you recommend or suggest that facilities put together sort of here's here's the new social play and post that or share that with their players before they even go down that path? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Over communicate during this time is is the best. Um, then you have to ask yourself, you know, how am I going to minimize gatherings and contact between players? If any tournament directors are listening, you know, those players, you know, get in your face. So I, you're nervous as a provider and then the players want to minimize their contact too. So um, how could you potentially run a social round robin um, where this gets minimal, minimalized? Maybe it's, it's sending out the match rotations before this particular event even starts. Um, it's, you know, is it just singles right now? Uh, so those are the things that we have to consider and then communicate that out. And here's our expectations and um, we're gonna all have a fun, safe event if we follow them. So my last question for uh, both of you is, what would you like to hear from our Florida tennis audience that can maybe help the two of you plan for the resumption of play from an adult beginner and an adult social standpoint? What questions would you ask them? Well, I really want to ask, uh, you know, how they think we can inspire new players to come into the game that we all love. You know, I think we all have friends and family and, 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 
people in our lives that are not playing tennis right now, but how do we inspire them to want to get out and, and learn how to play? I'd love to uh, have anyone's suggestions as far as that goes. Also, you know, if, if there was a great beginner program in uh, your area, you know, would you would you encourage your friends and families to join? Because I think that we as a tennis community really need to take responsibility for trying to bring in new people, new new uh, friends to play with. Because boy, let me tell you, uh, as you start into this kind of isolation world that we've been in, I think everybody is just craving um, that interaction. Uh, I know that I've noticed the difference in my life without having it. Yeah. And to our providers, um, I just want to ask what, what technological resources are you using right now to limit contact between players? Um, I know USA Florida, we're not the only ones thinking about this. So if you're using texting services or um, other resources to do this, uh, I would love to know. I would love to know and get feedback on how, how it's working. Yeah, that's an awesome comment. Um, I think we we have just started to dip our toe in the water of looking at services that we could use for the things that we're doing. And sometimes there's this, hey, this is the first thing I found. Let's run with it. But if we could crowdsource some of those other ideas of how people are doing this, I know we've been looking at what other industries are doing as well, everything from apps to text messaging, um, you know, be very interesting to hear what people are using, not just for tennis, but is there a technology they're using for something else that might be applicable here that we could look into and see if there's a way we could um, share that resource with other people. So that, that's a great observation. So that's the last question. Thank you both again for taking the time uh, to do this podcast today to share your thoughts and ideas. I'm Sure, we'll get lots of, of comments on our Facebook page. So don't forget that the video will be posted on the USTA Florida Facebook page. And that is the best place to go to share your comments, responses, concerns, and ideas. And for a full list of all of our podcast episodes, including the topics, visit ustaflorida.com slash here to serve. Thanks, ladies. Appreciate it. Thanks, Laura. Thank